0: The Detroit Tigers would lose their first series in May to the Seattle Mariners over the weekend, but did salvage a win on Sunday in a very, very eventful weekend for this baseball team. We're going to talk about it all today on Locked on Tigers. You are locked on Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Tigers. I'm, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Today is Monday, May 15th, 2023. Thank you so much for making Locked on Tigers your first listen. Every single day, we are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All righty. Well, first off, happy Mother's Day all the great and wonderful moms out there in, uh, in the Detroit Tigers community. You are the best. Uh, we are discussing the Tigers dropping two of three to the Seattle Mariners. Uh, Sunday's win was huge. Really want to stress that. We'll get into that a little bit later. But uh, not getting swept at home is awesome. So uh, we'll, we'll take it. We'll, we'll take Sunday's victory. The first two days, we won't take. That was absolutely atrocious baseball in nearly every single facet of the game. That was awful, horrendous. Uh, If they looked, if they end up looking how they looked in those two games for any significant period of time going forward, uh, this thing is going to go off the rails pretty quickly. But, again, bouncing back and winning on Sunday was huge Uh, to to prevent that, I think. I think that, that this is a series which... 2019 or last year or whatever Tigers teams tend to spiral and I I really can appreciate the fact that they at least buckled down and got a win on Sunday in a 5-3 victory but again those first two games were awful Friday I was at that ball game that was a dreadful performance by nearly everyone that took the field uh, outside of Riley Green, who was a star throughout the entire weekend. We'll talk about him a little bit later. But um, yeah, Matt Boyd started that game pretty much zero command or feel for the zone. Uh, started off the game with a four-pitch walk, uh, if I remember correctly. So that's not great. Uh, did one of his shortest outings of his entire career, not very good. Uh, and the offense really had zero rhythm. They were getting some base runners on. They had a, you know Jake Rodgers with the power, but uh, they were way behind and it just never really threatened to climb back into the ball game despite getting some base runners there in the middle of the game. Uh Saturday was a absolutely horrific offensive performance. Um I, I don't even really have too much else to say in that regard. Like I that was absolutely dreadful. I think you had three base runners the entire ball game. Three base runners, no walks, all hits three base runners in the course of a nine inning game. Not going to win too many games that way. I'll tell you what. Uh and Alex Paedo had a quality start in that ball game. The fastball slider duo, I thought was pretty good. Had uh had several swings and misses. I think he had seven or eight whiffs on the slider alone. Uh he looked he looked pretty solid. He the home run to Kellenick was I mean that's a ball. Like that was a fastball up and in, so far up and in that it was a ball high and he he still just turned on it and it barely got over the wall like barely so that it is what it is the Teoscar Hernandez home run I think that's who it was that one was was a absolute missile so whatever you know mistake pitches happen but over the course of the game like he really only made one mistake pitch that cost him and that was the second home run because like the Kelenic one again wasn't like some horrific pitch so uh, yeah, and he buckled down and, and, and uh, put together a quality start. So uh, I liked what I saw from him there. A team that really needed innings out of starting pitching as well after uh, what happened on Friday. And little did they know what would happen on Sunday. Uh, kind of not a great, deep performance uh, by Joey Wentz on Sunday either. But they did win the ball ballgame. Um, yeah, uh, like I said at the beginning, like not getting swept is so, so, so important. Obviously, you want to win series, but uh, going from, like, think of it this way. Okay, this is how my brain works. If you get swept in a three-game set, you are three wins behind the other team, right? Three wins to your zero. If you steal a win at the end, no matter how bad the first two ball games were, which, again, this weekend they were awful, if you steal a win on the finale, you're only one win behind the opponent over the course of that three-game set. So going from three games back to your opponent to one game back is – it cannot be stressed how massive that is. So every single game matters. Steel, not getting swept is so important over the course of a season. We've talked before. Like earlier, uh, I think two weeks ago, we kind of had that conversation, right, where we, we had that that discussion just about, look, when – if you just removed some of the sweeps that have happened—the Tampa series, the Red Sox series, the Orioles—you just give us one win in those, like it, it, you would have been about 500 before the Mariners series, right? So not getting swept. I, I, I know it's it sounds kind of like the bar is on the floor, and, and to some extent it is, and that's—I'm not trying to tell you it's not—but uh, over the course of a season, those add up. So I'm, I'm gladly going to take Sunday's game even though I'm never going to take the first two games ever again those were awful Sunday was also a runners a, a risp disaster we, we risp has been the talking point of this season on this show uh very much so we, we I, I we talked what did i was that last week i named the show just risp over and over and over again this team has had some real woes when it comes to hitting with runners in scoring position and Sunday was no different. Two for 13 with runners in scoring position on Sunday. And even when they did score, they're two runs late, right? It was a 3-3 ball game. They go up 5-3 and they, they win. They didn't have any hits. They had first and second that with leadoff walk. Okay. Then they get a, another, what was that? A single? I'm trying to remember how the other run, I think it was a single. Was that Jonathan Scope single up the middle? So Then you have first and second, no outs. They scored two runs, did not record a single hit. They had a a fly out to move a runner over. They had a strikeout. Then they had two walks and a hit by pitch in in that inning. Just uh, unbelievable stuff, truly. So that has not changed, but again... I'll take a win any way I can get it. I, I do think that that's a really important bounce-back victory, especially going into the, an off day as well uh, and, you know, series finale, not getting swept, going into to a Pittsburgh team who is struggling mightily in the month of May. We'll talk about that tomorrow. Um, but, yeah, just same old, same old offensively-ish. You know, they've gotten a little bit more of a power stroke this month, but we still have seen some really bad runners in scoring position games. Um, and then Wentz started on Sunday. Like I said, not not great yet again. Thought he looked pretty sharp in the first inning and most of the second. And then the third was an absolute disaster. Uh, we, we've talked a lot about Joey Wentz and the snowball effect that, that he has and the tendency he has to let one, two hits become three, four, five hits. He didn't even get, like, crushed. It wasn't like he was giving up a ton of home runs. He just kept giving up single after single after single after single, and it wouldn't stop. So they pulled him. That's also a situation where I think if this was, I don't know, they played five days in a row, a week straight, something like that, no off days and no off days again for the next couple of days, they probably let or, or not maybe let's not the right word, but they probably leave Wentz out there. But I think they had the luxury of an off day two days ago and an off day tomorrow and an off day on Thursday, right? They're in in a week where they have three off days in a seven day stretch. And they're right about at the halfway mark of that. So they kind of had the luxury a little bit to to pull him, not feel bad or worry about it at all. Go to the bullpen very early on and try to salvage this ball game. An A.J. Hinch masterclass uh, managerial game Sunday was for that reason. And uh, they did just that and came back and won the ball game. So, Ah, uh, very nice there. That's kind of like the general recap of all three games, just my like quick hitting reaction to to all three ball games. Uh, we're gonna go a little more in depth and talk about the bigger storylines from the weekend, the big individual performances from the weekend and whatnot. We will do that right after I tell y'all about our friends over. At eBay Motors, for a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors with eBay Guaranteed Fit. You can be sure every part you need fits right. The first time around as well, just add your ride to the My Garage and look for the green check to know a part will fit All right, everybody, welcome back. Segment two here, Locked On Tigers. Thank you for making us your first listen every day. I greatly appreciate all y'all, especially the everydayers that do tune in every day. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, obviously. Tomorrow, we're going to take a look at some of the offseason moves that this team didn't make last offseason. Whether it was not re-signing certain players, uh, whether it was free agents we talked about that we wanted to uh, uh, acquire maybe on this show in December, January, and didn't. And just kind of take a look at where those players are now and what they're doing. Because I think that we're starting to get to a point in the season where you're starting to see people's true colors. A lot can happen where I'm not saying that these are going to be everybody's final lines or anything. Long season. Baseball is beautiful because of that. But um, I I think we can kind of get a general sense over a month into the season. So uh, that's what tomorrow's show is going to be. Off day episode. Then we'll preview Pittsburgh as well. Let's get back to talking about this weekend, though. Uh, Something came up this weekend. It didn't really, that's a horrible way of wording that. Um, This weekend made me realize something. That's the way I want to word this. And it's something that I did not shed nearly enough light on, and that's entirely my fault. But it's something that, after realizing it now, I am absolutely terrified of. Uh, and that this team has zero starting pitching depth. Um, it, it's, it's not that, like, I, I know all the names, and we've talked about all the names, and we've discussed on this show in the offseason, and spring training, the, the early part of the year, whatever, all of the options they had at starting pitching. But this staff got really thin really, really quickly and i didn't realize the extent of it i guess is the way i want to word it until this weekend um Eduardo rodriguez has been fantastic okay and he's been going deep into ball games i think it's safe to say you can rely on him to not necessarily keep up a 043 era pace that he's been on the last six starts but you can rely on him to go six or seven most times out there and keep you in ball games right Outside of that, it's a little nerve-wracking. You have Michael Lorenzen, whose last two starts have been really good. Seven innings, one run ball, and seven innings shutout ball, I believe, in his last two outings. Really, really solid. They're going to need that, okay? So even if you kind of chalk Lorenzen up as like, hey, this is looking like a really good signing. I like what I see out of this dude. I'm okay with him being like the number two starter from here on out. That's great. After that, it's Matt Boyd, who has an ERA approaching six at the moment and has not gone deep into a ballgame really yet this entire season. Alex Fayedo, who is far from proven that he can go in consistently into the sixth or later at the major league level. Uh, and then Joey Wentz, who has just been a complete roller coaster this year. And I really like Joey Wentz and I still think he can be a solid kind of back end, maybe at best middle rotation starter for a competitive ball club. But right now in his current stage in development, it's been super hit or miss. You get one outing where he goes six and gives up one run. And then another two outings after that in a row are less than three innings pitched. So like that's your starting rotation. And it's just like when this team was rolling and it was like, okay, here's an E-Rod start, win. Here's Michael Lorenzen going seven innings, win. Now we go into Seattle with Boyd, Fayedo Wentz. Anytime that three is going to be the three to kick off a series, you really need to win the Matt Boyd game. Because the odds of you going into a team as good as the Seattle Mariners are, which I know their their offense has been a little shaky to start off the year, and, and their uh, their record, like they're just barely over 500 now after this series, but like if you go after playoff caliber teams or competitive teams, that's a tall task to win a series when those are your probable pitchers, and. If Wentz struggles a lot more, or if Fayedo never finds his footing, again, solid, really solid start on Saturday, not trying to take away from what he did, but if he can't consistently do that, or if Matt Boyd just doesn't find it, then you're in trouble, because there is no one after these five in the rotation waiting in the wing. Spencer Turnbull... We'll talk about in a second. That's a whole different thing that's absolutely mind-boggling to me. So you have him when he's healthy again or back in the majors, whatever comes first, I guess. But waiting in AAA, you have pretty much no one that's like Major League Ready chomping at the bit to get called up. Like Zach Logue is starting games out there down there. He has an ERA over four. Reese Olsen has an ERA of dang near 10 at the moment. Brennan Hannafee has an ERA of almost five and a WHIP over one and a half. Like, I mean, Garrett Hills started some games. I, I don't think the team wants to do that over, based on what they saw in his first stint. And then that's kind of it. Ashton Goodot, I guess, but like he has an ERA over six. <laughs> that, like, that you're you're in trouble. Like that. That's my point. That you are you. Alex Fieda was not supposed to be a starting pitcher in May. And so you're already kind of have your back up against the wall. Manning either needs to come back, but he got moved to the 60 a while ago, obviously. Or Spencer Turnbull needs to come back and be pre-injury Spencer Turnbull. Because if neither of those things happen, this could be a real slippery slope. not saying it will. This, this coaching staff, this pitching staff has done miraculous things. They have done wonders. Uh, Chris Fetter's amazing at his job. The other staff around him, uh, Nieves and, and Lund, have, are great at their jobs. I have faith in them, but it's just getting really thin really quickly, and you're, knock on wood, one more injury away from I don't even know what. I genuinely don't know where you even go if one more person was to drop out of the rotation. So that's just something that really came to my attention in bright flashing lights over the weekend uh, throughout this series and that I wanted to address. The other thing was the Spencer Turnbull situation, which is mind-boggling to me. Spencer Turnbull, we talked about last week, got demoted to AAA. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm in quotes. Demoted to AAA. Also, shout out eBay Motors, which whose ad has been up there for the entire uh, entirety of segment two. Demoted to AAA, option to AAA. Then over the weekend, turns out he's not. And he's on the major league IL is where he's put. So he's put on the injured list at the major league level. Those... Reports happen like a few hours apart, and I'm very confused, as is the rest of the fan base. Everybody's chiming in on their opinion of what's happening. Then there's a report that from one of the beat writers, I think it was Steven Hagen, that said that there was a conversation with Harris and Turnbull about getting optioned, and then like a day later or a couple days later, then there was a phone call about a neck injury. And they decided to put him on the IL instead. Then, a little bit after that comes out, we learn that Spencer Turnbull has switched agents to Scott Boris now representing him. And then Scott Boris is asked about the Spencer Turnbull situation. And he basically just has a quote. This is also definitely via Steven Hagen of The Athletic, where he says, it was a really simple process. I got the uh, the the you know Turnbull's injury information, uh, the doctor's notes, and all that. We went over it. We went over it with the Tigers, and we both agreed that staying in the majors but going on the IL was the right decision. Is that not just wild to anybody else? Have you ever seen that before? Because I certainly can't recall a, a time when I have seen that. That is, that that's that's mind blowing to me. And like, I don't know anything, y'all don't. I I only have the the the, and I don't have like an inside track on this one. I just whatever public information has been given out over the weekend is all I know too. But like, I'm as this is unfolding, I am. My jaws on the floor, and I know it's like like it's a it's a not very good baseball team on a pitcher that has not been very good this year and and what and, and not a huge market and whatnot, but i I don't know like I have to imagine if this happens to like someone on the Yankees that everyone knows about this i I was so intrigued and so fascinated by the unfolding of, the, of those events and i am even more fascinated in what's going to happen after he's not injured anymore he'll get rehab starts for sure cuz it sounds like the tigers wanted to, to demote him anyway and but if they don't go well like that then what happens uh, it's it is fascinating it is so fascinating the the I don't even know what to call it just the intricacies of that entire story and and the way in which they were released to the public and unfolded could not have been wilder so uh, that's something I wanted to address too let's get into some of the individual performances over the weekend some more storylines to keep eyes on but first these messages What is up, everybody? Welcome back. Third and final segment here, Locked On Tigers. So going over the weekend, uh, Tigers dropped two of three to the Mariners. Talked a lot about the bigger storylines that came out of the weekend. Let's talk about some individual performances. Riley Green has been phenomenal. Uh, This is dating back to before, like the entire month of May, really. He has been absolutely amazing. His batting average after a three-hit day on Sunday, a multiple-hit day on Friday as well. Uh, is now 279 and his OPS is up to 727 he is swinging a very hot stick uh, he's pulling the ball in the air which is absolutely phenomenal he's hitting a lot of doubles now which he didn't have a double for the first like five weeks of the season and now he has you know four or five on the year uh, really really solid stuff he had a single the opposite way on Sunday and then a pull side you know ball in the air like just really really starting to figure it out uh the swing has been great and yeah I, I i everybody loves what they're seeing uh but he has quickly emerged as this team's best hitter probably certainly in the month of may um but yeah he, over the course of the season i i, I think uh, we all like what we're seeing, and we would like it to be sustainable. And uh, based on, again, like the, before it was it was kind of same old, same old, like, oh, we'd get on a hot streak, but that's because he had three seeing-eye singles on the ground to the pull side. Now he's actually lifting the ball all over the field uh, and, and still doing damage the opposite way as well. I, I think he just looks like a completely different hitter. He's still going to strike out at a decent clip. Uh, But I have really, really liked what I've seen uh, from Riley Green over the last couple of weeks. And I I see nothing that would lead me to believe that uh, that production, while he's not going to have like a thousand OPS production the rest of the year, uh, I think where his numbers lie currently should be sustainable. Um, Javi Baez, uh, something I wanted to bring up was uh, some weird batting stance mechanics. This was actually brought to my attention uh, from a buddy of mine, from Gavin, who is a great follow on Twitter for Tigers and Detroit sports stuff. Uh, Lions underscore Super Bowl, I think is still his Twitter at. Um, but he pointed out and, and tweet was tweeting about the Javi Baez batting stance and how uh, on Saturday, he did not, Baez had a pretty dreadful game at the plate, kind of looked lost up there. And uh, on Sunday, got a hit, couple RBIs, looked a little more comfortable in there. And on Saturday, he just randomly didn't have the same set before, like his same set stance before, you know, loading and, and getting ready for a swing uh, that he had had during the hot stretch. So that was something that that was pretty fascinating to me. We'll kind of keep an eye on that and see. But yeah, Gavin pointed that out. Um, and it, it really was uh, on Sunday again, seeing him get hits that that was a great sign to see him go back to what was working. I'm not really sure why he changed in the first place, but clearly someone pointed it out to him and and he made adjustments uh, accordingly. Who else? Nick Maton uh, continues to just have zero ability to hit any non-fastball. It's it's, the scouting report, saying the scouting report is out is is an understatement. Um, You have dudes that are not, are throwing like only fastballs all game and then get to him and just throw him five straight curveballs or change ups and he can just do absolutely nothing with them uh looking at his numbers on the year just the the difference in splits still 70th percentile in barrel percentage but that doesn't take into account the amount of times he just goes up to the plate and just doesn't put the ball in play uh still walking a good amount still working counts but uh, it just doesn't matter when you have a pr- zero proof and zero evidence that you can hit non-fastballs. Um, breaking pitches on the year, he has four hits. He has four hits on breaking balls, uh, three singles and a double, and he has zero hits recorded on all off-speed pitches. So there you go a zero batting average on off-speed, a 111 on breaking balls, and even the fastball batting average at this point is only 220. The slug is good, but not great. So we'll – I don't want to have the full conversation right now because we're toward the end of the show and whatnot. We don't have enough time, but uh, we will have to have the conversation of like what to do with him at some point because he – uh he has to have an option, right? I think he only has one year of major league service. I, I would imagine he has an option, uh, but I'll we'll do more in depth and, and take a look at kind of what to do with him. But uh, it has not been good over the last several weeks now, and at some point you're going to have to make a change. Uh, I, and at some point, Justin Henry Malloy is going to have to get a call up because that dude is absolutely mashing in Toledo right now, uh, like otherworldly numbers. And so I don't know if it's uh, you just DFA scope or we have the conversation about Maton. He gets optioned, whatever. Um, But like there is, you know, in the conversation we had earlier about how there's no pitchers waiting in the wings, there are hitters that there are specifically one. His name is Justin Henry Malloy. So that is is something we're going to have to keep a close eye on. But yeah, Maton, his struggles very loudly continue. Uh, Team defense this weekend was wow, I almost just dropped an F-bomb. That was really close. It was absolutely awful. That was a, I can't even express how close of a call that was. That was really, really close to having to do some editing there. Uh, it was dreadful. That was uh, the first two games especially. Zero help defensively. Uh, say what you will about the pitching performances this weekend. It's probably justified outside of Fayeto. If you have weird things to say about Fayeto, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but – Not great defensively. And I have given this team defense a ton of credit this season because the data says and the eye test for most games, most say that this team has been a pretty plus contributor defensively as a unit. Uh, But golly, do do they make some just boneheaded mistakes sometimes. Can we learn how to throw to a cutoff, man? Golly. I I mean – it's crazy because this is something that, like, dating back to when was the first time I lost my mind about that? The, the the Boston series, I think it was Boston, the the Red Sox home opening series. Riley Green did the same thing, and it cost a and it allowed a base runner to advance. You can't do that, and then Badu did it again over the weekend. You can't. You, just very very infuriating stuff. Uh, and then just some, like, balls just popping out of mitts and very, very frustrating. A rundown. We just forgot how a rundown works. Pitcher's not covering the bag. Will Vast, who's been really solid this season, uh, not a great look there. Just really, really rough weekend defensively. And, again, like, dating back to the – the what was it? The bottom of the sixth and the Cardinals finale when the team defense just completely went down the drain. Uh, th- that's – I don't want to say outlier because like those are what a week, 10 days apart. So it's not really like it never happens, but as long as it's not the norm, I'll live, but don't make it the norm don't, or else I'm going to pop a blood vessel on air one day. We we need to keep those very few and far between. So that was something else I wanted to address. Not very good. We'll end on a high note though. And that is. The bullpen, uh, nothing was very good on on Friday and Saturday. Uh, Tyler Alexander has not been very great this season and uh, gave up some more runs. But outside of him, th- and especially on Sunday, this team really has proven the ability to do a great job at limiting damage. Like damage control bullpen, this team is getting like an, an A or an A-plus so far on the season. Because – If a starter gets lit up early and you're like, oh boy, it's going to be one of those games, the Tigers time and time again this year, if you look at their wins, have a reliever goes out there, the bullpen combined throws six innings of shutout ball, and the Tigers very slowly chip away at a lead and then win it late. And that's exactly what happened on Sunday. And we've seen that four or five times, maybe even more this season, right? Oh, Tigers down four nothing. Oh, well, they won six to four. Like that that's hasn't been uncommon. So this bullpen deserves a lot of credit. There's some dudes individually as well whose season numbers are getting lower and no, lower. Jose Cisnero, for as much heat as he got, uh, rightfully so, though. Uh, at the beginning of the year, his ERA is now all like approaching sub three. Which, again, given where he started out, I, I think is a pretty big accomplishment. He's been pretty solid as of late. Mason Inglert's ERA is approaching well, going down, approaching sub four as well. He continues to be a really solid multi inning option. Uh, Jason Foley has been stellar, 156 ERA. Alex Lang's ERA is almost sub one now, he has a 106 ERA uh, on the year. And then Jason Shreve ERA now under five. I know that's still high, but. Uh, After the Baltimore series, it really blew up, and it's kind of slowly been coming back down to earth ever since. That inning he threw on Sunday is by far the best outing he's had of his entire season. Um, So, yeah, like there's actually some dogs in here, and I I said it uh, on the first day of May, right, when we were talking about what this team needs to do to sustain their success, um, well, and last week, right? They need – legit somebody to step up and be a legitimate threat outside of Lang and Foley. And it looks like we're heading in a direction where that could be possible. So great to see there. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Tyler Alexander, like we'll see what happens. Um, they, they need innings out of the pen and he can provide those, uh, but with dudes like Ingler, who are able to go multiple innings as well. I don't know, righty lefty having a lefty in the pen is also very important. I'm not saying Alexander's going anywhere, but um, he, he's going to have to to start stepping up and and getting his stuff together uh, as well. So yeah, like not a great weekend. I I hope I didn't come across as like too much of a homer as like oh Sunday saved the weekend and that's it. Like it wasn't great. It, it was pretty awful actually at times. But the difference between a sweep and, and dropping two of three. It is massive over the course of a season. I love ending series on a win. Let's go into Pittsburgh. We'll go into the off day first. Then go, not into Pittsburgh, against Pittsburgh rather, and and try and take two from them. We always play two-game series against Pittsburgh. It's so weird to me. And then after Pittsburgh, then you get a really, really, really favorable schedule. Pittsburgh, who, again, has been awful in May. We'll preview them tomorrow. Then you have Washington, Kansas City, Chicago White Sox. Three of the worst teams in baseball. Let's make it happen. Hey, why not? Thank you for making Lockdown On Tigers your first listen every single day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. Shout out to the everydayers that do tune in every day. We'll be back tomorrow, like I said, doing an episode, kind of just looking at – where some of the, the big decisions made in the offseason, where those pieces are, uh, and how they are doing, and if the decisions still hold up. we we'll are obviously take a look at Jamer, some players like that. So, uh, yeah, that'll be tomorrow's show. Peace and love. Going to Therapy's Dope. I'll catch you all then, baby. Go Tigers.